Welcome to A Little Marketing with Nikki and Mark and Phil, a podcast where marketers discuss marketing and the small moves that make a big difference. A Little Marketing is a collaboration between Blue Whale Communications in Kelowna and 1020 Marketing in Montreal. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email Nikki at Nikki at BlueWhaleCommunications.ca. Look for A Little Marketing on YouTube and coming soon to your favorite podcasting platforms. Subscribe, like, and share. Hey, Mark. Hey, Nikki. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I threw you off because I asked the question immediately upon the, hey, Nikki. Yes. Yeah, but I, I came back with fantastic, which I think is yes, different than what I normally good. say, so it worked. That's true. That's true. How are things? How's your week? Good. Uh, it's been a good week. Busy. Ready to like coast into the weekend here shortly, so... Awesome. Awesome. Good. Good. Uh, so today um, we have a, a friend of ours on the show, uh, Neil Kaminsky from Red Dream Studios here in Montreal. Uh, Neil has been a longtime collaborator of ours. He's a web designer, a graphic designer, and he actually does some video editing as well. And we've long been relying on Neil to help us uh, at 1020 Marketing, at least with our clients and um there are two things with Neil that really stand out. Um, and one is his amazing customer service. I mean, I've never seen anybody respond faster to clients just to get things off of his list and to make sure that uh, everything is taken care of. He's really wonderful in that regard. And the second thing is he he's really great at building functional websites for all different kinds of companies and different industries. Uh, from straight brochureware to blogs to e-commerce sites. And uh, today, what we really want to talk about with him is, you know, why it doesn't have to be a daunting task to actually have a website and why it's so important. I find that so many small business owners have sort of let their website wilt and die over the years. Mm -hmm. And um, they're just basically afraid of the process. Mm -hmm. So I guess we should bring him in and let's uh, start that convo. Yeah, let's bring him in. I think, like you said, there's two things. People are either afraid of the cost or they're afraid of the effort. Correct. Oh. 100%. 100%. And here he is without further delay. Yes. And you tell Elon, I will not sell for anything less than 100 million. <laughs> oh, hey, guy. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Mark. Hey, Neil. <laughs> Hey, hey guys. Neil, that was well done. That was oh, very, I'm... very well done. Hats off to you. Uh, didn't say I'm faking. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, guys. So uh, we were just talking about our longstanding relationship, Neil, and how much we love working with you. The feeling is uh, more than mutual. Awesome. Uh, so, Neil, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, background? Like, where did you come from? Why, uh, you know, where did Red Dream Studios you know, evolve from? Yeah, so a lot of it was uh, happy accidents, um, like many things in life. Um, I actually uh, grew up wanting to be a doctor. And um, once I finished uh, CJEP and got into McGill University, I was on my way to studying medicine. But um, <laughs> once I hit the university level, my grades, you know, tanked and uh, it was a whole new world that I was facing where I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. Um, so I decided to go into another passion of mine, which was always computing. So I switched from the uh, medical uh, 
path into a, a computing one and uh, ended up graduating with a degree in computer science. And uh, while I was in McGill, um, my father had taken me to a computer tech show at the Bonaventure, uh, Comdex, uh, which they used to call it. They don't even think they have them anymore. Hmm. And I happened to uh, run into the Matrox booth and they were hiring um, for, for uh, video production people. Uh, and I happened to do video on the side. It was always a hobby of mine, just shooting various things and uh, editing on my computer at the time, which was very, very uh, novel. Um, not many people were actually using their computers to edit videos, especially somebody like me, uh, you know, just, just beginning very young. And uh, while I was at Matrox, I eventually got hired there. Uh, they asked me to build a website, uh, an internal one. And I had the foggiest idea what a website was. Well, I knew what it was, but I didn't know how to build one. And they gave me a big fat book. They said, here, read this. This is this is the manual for a program that we have. It's called Hot Metal Pro. And so the you know, a manual this thick, kind of thumbed through it, took my highlighter, went through it, and, and started learning how to basically code HTML because back then none of it was was WYSIWYG driven. It was all you know, boxes and code. This um, is how you learned how to build websites? Absolutely, on the job. That's amazing. Uh, which is which is great for me. Well, what's the time frame we're looking at here, Neil? Uh, you mean from uh, like how long it took me to actually learn it? No, no, no. Or... When, like 1990-something? Oh, uh, yeah. So I was at Matrox uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, wow. So we're, we're talking well over 20 years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I also was doing some graphic design kind of on the side, like at the job too, because they were asking me to do some things. So I wasn't actually doing, well, at least half of my job was doing stuff I wasn't really hired to do, uh, but I was doing it anyways because they saw that I could do it and I kind of had the talent for it. And I've always kind of been a creative uh, left brain, right brain person. Um, so... One day, uh, there was a colleague of mine who said, can you do such and such for me on the side? I'm, I'm building, uh, starting up my company. I need a website. I need some graphic design work and so forth. I said, okay, sure. Uh, I'm happy to uh, take some extra money. I'm not going to complain. And the one thing he said was, uh, would you mind um, registering a company so I can expense you? Huh. And uh, I had absolutely no intention of starting a company, but you know, if I was going to get this job, I said, you know what, I'll go to the Palais de Congrès, drop 30 bucks and register a company. It wasn't really, you know, yeah. any sweat off my back. And uh, right after that, that's when I actually started getting paid gigs. And, you know, once I finished his job, there were other colleagues at Matrox who were saying the same thing. Can you, huh. can you do some freelance work for me on the side too? And so all of a sudden I started building up this small little portfolio of, of projects and clients and eventually I decided uh, I had enough to basically meet or even exceed my salary and decided to quit and went on my own for, I think it was about a good six, seven years. I was working on my own at Red Dream. Huh. And so the market, yeah, go ahead. Nikki, sorry. I was just going to say like out of all the origin stories we've heard, like this is, this is the best one. This is definitely the most, like a lot of them start with like what you said, Neil, like, oh, a lot of happy accidents. And then like 
tell the story, but this is really the most like not planned path, I think. I had absolutely no intention of doing this. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Um, but it happened to be something I loved doing and mm -hmm. loved doing. Uh, well, if I did. wasn't if I wasn't going to be a nice Jewish doctor, well, you know, maybe I'll be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, Neil, yeah, you didn't become a doctor, but let me tell you, you're one smooth operator. <laughs> oh boy, it's Friday afternoon, folks. It's there's there's Friday actually night. a lot of a lot of my clients actually call me a web therapist, so it's kind of like you know, kind of a doctor in a way. Um, so you know, once the market crashed uh, in about 2008 timeframe, that's when I kind of worried, and I actually went back to working for another uh, company for a good few few years. But the call kept coming, mm -hmm. and people remembered what I was doing, and uh, they liked my work, and they liked how they worked with me. I provided some really great customer service, as as you all know. Um, <laughs> and eventually, I left again, and. I think I even went back a third time, uh, but now it's been, I think, about five, six years since I haven't been working for anybody else, uh, and I've been working for myself since, on my own, and I haven't looked back, and, uh, you know, thanks to the good graciousness of many of my great clients, great colleagues, great partners, um, I don't foresee myself doing anything else till I'm retired. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the subject at hand, Neil, which is... Yeah. Uh, let, let's have a discussion about this. The idea that um, we've come across so many clients over the years who have let their websites kind of let them go. You know, there's a, a, I believe there's a fear or discomfort or something that makes people a not want to pay attention to it because they believe it's a lot of work to get off the ground and to organize content and this and that. And, or, uh, they just don't want to spend the money on it. And I think the message I would like to share today is it doesn't have to be a daunting task. Having a nice, current, modern-looking website can be simple. And B, it doesn't also have to be expensive. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't perceive or understand the value of having a virtual calling card. Uh, because you know, websites have been around for 20 years, right? But to a lot of people who are doing what they do, it's still a slightly foreign concept to them. And like you said, they don't necessarily want to invest the time in developing a site because they don't know where to start. And it's it's one of those snowball things. Like, you know, they don't, they, they, like a snowball on the hill they know it's a steep climb at first and many people many people are just unwilling to climb that that mountain in, in, in order to get the ball rolling off off the other side so it, it you know building a website especially if you hire the right people to do it for you can be a very pain-free task yeah, the rewards can be enormous, right? Because if you want to sell a widget, uh, you know, you you the best way to do that is by having a good online presence to do so. Yeah, and and the and the foundation of that is generally the website. Nikki, what what are Absolutely. your thoughts in terms of you know what you've seen on your side of the fence? Totally, I think a lot of people think that 
especially for those who've been in business for a while with an outdated site, they think business is good, websites obviously doing what it needs to do, but don't realize how that looks to a new customer when they're coming in and seeing an outdated website um, or someone looking for, like you said, that virtual business card, like the pieces have to all line up and everything has to match what they're seeing, website, social, in-person, in the store, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was going to ask you, so when people are coming to you and saying, I need a website, what is, you know, what do they need to bring to you so that you're able to then execute and actually create a site that works for them and gives them what they need and fits with their, their brand? Yeah, so I, I kind of run into two types of clients or two different types of clients, I should say. Uh, one is the person who has nothing and is basically starting fresh. And the other one is somebody who has something and it was either done not well, it's old, um, maybe they need to update it or refresh it, you know, in terms of content and so forth. So the people who start fresh, um, in order for them to uh, begin, you know, executing a site, they clearly have to have some sort of uh, framework in mind. So uh, generally, that's just a bulleted list of pages, uh, you know, or just a very rough site map. And um, with that, I can sort of steer where that client will go in terms of how do we address the, the four W's and the one H, which is the, you know, who am I selling to? What am I selling? Why is that person coming to my site? Uh, you know, where am I selling this product to? And how do I address that client's or that potential customer's concern? Right, because anybody who's going to a website is going to go to a website for a reason. They have a question to ask, or they have a need or a service that is that is needed. Right. So, like, I'm going to Amazon, for example, because I want to buy, uh, I don't know, a, a book or or a DVD. Right. I'm going there for a purpose. I'm not. I'm not usually just randomly running around the, the internet looking for stuff. I'm usually going to a website for a specific purpose. So with that framework, we kind of have to figure out what exactly is the goal of that website and how can I uh, as easily as possible uh, address those questions to the customer who's visiting it. Mm -hmm. So Neil, let's talk about nuts and bolts a little bit. Yeah. What is it that you would need from a client to get started? Like what, what is the basic minimum that you need beyond the, the, the questions that you're answering? Yeah. So we, we start with the site map and then, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll speak with the client about basically what, what is it they're trying to achieve? And so often that's done with a creative brief, uh, which is maybe a, a paragraph of text, some intro copy, like, you know, cause let's say if I'm, if I'm dealing with a law firm, for example, um, you know, about, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I wouldn't be able to write the content for a law firm. I wouldn't be able to tell a lawyer how should they best present convey themselves. their yeah. how, how should they best convey themselves or present themselves online. I can't do that. I'm not a lawyer, and you know I I work with many many different industries, and it's impossible for me to be an expert in every one industry. But at least with a certain guideline, uh, you know, some minimal text, uh, we can build that out. And with great copywriting, um, you know, you can fully establish, uh, you know, the, the the answers to those questions. So, okay, so you need copy, totally understand, yeah. but you don't even need. 
to rely on the client to give you images. You can find them in stock, you know, royalty free, even what I'm trying to get at is it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be expensive. No, the, the clients uh, often will not necessarily be directly involved in building the site. I mean, that's my job. And it's, it's, it's people like you who, who, who write the copy and to do the marketing of, of that site. So that's, that, that's the job of everybody on, on this uh, call. Um, so the client is, is really just there to be the initial, um, I, I guess, the, the kicker offer. The catalyst, and, yeah. Catalyst, yeah. And then we take it from there. And basically they're there to just, you know, sign off and provide approvals and hopefully like what we're doing for them and 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 then eventually see the rewards uh, of having a great website that's 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 built for them so, so it can be a very painless process and in terms of cost and budget again uh, you know small websites don't necessarily have to cost a lot um i've done sites for as little as a thousand bucks uh i've done some that are in the five figures easily um but again it depends on the client depends on the industry Depends on the goal of the site. Depends on the, the the amount of doohickeys that are installed on the site. You know things like that. For a lot of clients, I, I would think that a uh, an infinite scroll, one page kind of website could be enough for them. You know, absolutely. Like yeah. Just just to have something, you know, just a calling card presence. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So let's. And I'm surprised. Let's... I'm surprised by the thousand dollar kind of starting point. I would have thought it would have been more. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm tend, I tend to be generous with uh, clients who are just starting out as well, mm -hmm. uh, because you know, for me personally, I like establishing a partnership, especially a long-term one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like if 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 it's a very simple site that I know is going to maybe take me five to ten hours of work to do, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be very generous in in helping that client get off the ground, mm -hmm. uh, and then hopefully they'll carry me along and, and you know we can reap the rewards together because mm -hmm. for me that's one of the reasons why i like this job so much is because i work with a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses and i like seeing them grow mm -hmm. and if i can be a part of that it's it's very very rewarding mm -hmm. i love well, that mentality at, yeah and at that price point <clears throat> it is an entry level for them right like i think especially if we're talking about people just starting their business they probably don't have five figures to put in but a thousand dollars pretty manageable to find for most yeah. yeah but also what it does is uh it it removes the need for that client to go to these other tools like a wix like a you know a self-builder I, I don't even know what the other ones are but you don't want to be in that situation you want to have a relationship i believe with a competent web developer so a the uh the responsibility is not on your shoulders because you know one of the things we talk about so much on the show and just in general is um, you know, the, the business owners that we are more likely to deal with are so busy mm -hmm. inside of their own business and doing the things that they do best that all of these peripheral things, which are important, fall to the wayside because they get become paralyzed to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're almost better off paying that thousand dollars, building the relationship with your web developer and having that person be there for you whenever you need them. Because at the end of the day, It'll save you time that if you had to apply, it costs you money. Often these uh, self-help or these self-builders end up costing either as much or if not way more 
uh, in both time and actual cash uh, than had you hired a firm like mine or you guys to, to work with them because uh, there's there's ongoing ref, uh, fees just to use that builder, like, right. you know, for example, Squarespace, you know, and, and depending on what you're trying to do um, with, with uh, those builders, uh, you know, the monthly fee can increase dramatically. Uh, you know, well over several hundred dollars a month just just to have the site running, never mind doing anything with it. But then there's also the cost of actually doing the site yourself and building it and sitting down and doing it. You know, 95% of the people who, who are trying to do the self-sites, they're not web developers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they struggle and they try to do this themselves. It's a lot of time and effort that they're putting into this where they should be managing their own companies. So They're, they're not web developers, but they're also not creative thinkers in some ways like it That's takes right. an eye to build a website like if you either have one or you don't and yeah there are templates and they're in this and that sure yeah but do you want your site looking like thousands of other sites that are there online yeah so let's let's take the last couple of minutes <clears throat> and just talk about the tools that you use now, obviously we know that you're a web press uh, oh sorry a web press a wordpress uh you know developer um, could you just describe why WordPress? I, I know you're capable beyond WordPress, but I, I yeah. know most of your projects are on WordPress. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I use WordPress. I've used other platforms too. Um, <clears throat> but generally uh, these days, uh, the majority of the projects I'm building is with WordPress. And the reason why is because, uh, first of all, it's, it's a free tool. Um, there are other platforms out there, like I said, are not free. And uh, the sites actually don't even belong to you, uh, which is interesting. So, you know, if you were to leave that platform, like, for example, if you build a Wix website and you decide, I don't want to use Wix anymore, you've lost your website. If you try to move to another platform, you, you can't move a Wix website to something else. Whereas with WordPress, it's, it's a completely free platform. It's uh, what they call open source, uh, meaning it's also um, backed by hundreds of developers who are constantly updating the backend code. Uh, so that's why there's always new versions that come out to add new features, new security measures and so forth. And it also gives uh, my clients the ability to self-maintain the website if they want to. Uh, so for example, if I if they decide, you know, I'm done, I've, I've built the site for them, but I wanna add my own posts or I wanna make changes to the text here and there, but I don't necessarily wanna hire somebody else to do that. I give them that ability to do so with WordPress, uh, and it, it's a, it, you know it's known as a blogging platform too. So people who are into blog marketing, it, it's an absolute fantastic platform for them. You know, you 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 touched on a point there that I think is so important for any kind of client, big or small, which is you know ownership and not getting caught in proprietary software loops where you feel you're locked in and you have no recourse but to stick it out with that. I mean, if you're working on WordPress, you know, Neil, uh, you're a wonderful guy, but if they end up having a problem with you, you package up the details and you hand over the credentials and boom, right. another developer can work on it tomorrow. Yeah. So if I get hit I, by a bus, uh, my client is not, uh, you know, screwed kind of thing. They're, they uh, they have the ability to keep going. And, and to me, that's more important than, you know, keeping it within myself and, and being greedy and, and uh, you know, I want to make sure that the client is serviced well. 
I, I agree with you 100%. That's always how I believe that should all work. And any, any, yeah. anything like from owning even your, your Google Analytics to owning your Google Ads, a lot of clients we get to, like agencies own that or third parties own it. And then they're screwed. They can easily get screwed. Yeah. Well, it's just so much harder to make changes, right? Like we've experienced that several times where it's trying to get credentials handed over from somebody who isn't the client, right? Like it's so many more steps and hoops to jump through. And Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, so uh, Neil, any parting thoughts? Uh, look, it was an absolute pleasure to uh, speak with you guys. Um, I have to get back to Elon. He, he, I was just going to say that. He's been, he's been, uh, my phone's been going off the hook here. So uh, just DM uh, him on Twitter. The, uh, <laughs> listen, I, I think we've just really scraped the surface of, of talking about web and, and the world of owning and what you can do with websites. You know, so we might come back to you, Neil, and say, okay, we're going to do another one. We're going to talk about e-commerce or something like that. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. All right. Thanks for everything, Neil. You're the best. We love you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk to you Thank soon. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I love I love the message that just came out in that conversation. Yeah. You know, just just about, you know, you know, it's easy, it's simple. Often you end up paying more than you think you would if you're using these other tools. Own your stuff mm -hmm. and just, you know have responsibility, like have ownership, basically. Yeah, like I said, I was surprised that like you could potentially get started for just a thousand dollars, like, and I'm in the marketing world. So hopefully that lets people know, like, I don't need 10,000 or 50,000 to do a website. Like it is actually feasible for those just getting started. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the main reasons I work with Neil is because he is so, uh, you know, is a, very cost effective to work with so you know our clients which are at a certain level and, and you know that is changing but you know it just makes it easier for them that's all totally yeah right so i guess uh next week uh we're going to be talking about event marketing and event production for uh online event hosting with uh a, a friend of the podcast, Enzo Palermo. Um, he uh, owns and runs a company called Technica. And he will, um, you know, we're just going to have a conversation with him about, you know, what it takes to put on an online event, uh, the different tools involved in that, and just get his perspective on, you know, where things are with that market right now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Such an yeah. interesting space, especially in this like post pandemic world where a lot of that carried over, right? I think online virtual events are still a huge part of business today. So I don't think that's yeah. going anywhere. And I actually don't think they're ever going anywhere. I mean, as, no. even, even as we reintroduce in-person live, so many of those are still going to have a, an online component. I think it's really important to, to be aware of what's out there and how you can do that. That's Absolutely. Too. Okay, great. So Nikki, enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much. See you next week. <laughs> All righty. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.